Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, the stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mama's, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hackett. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And today we have the lovely Shar um, here with us today, who is for our Empowering Women episode. Um, I met her through a Girl Scout leader retreat. Um, so it was for the leaders to like be like, yes, we can keep doing this, <laughs> basically. Um, and she just was like, oh, the message was um, resonated so much that after that, I started just following her on social media and took up a challenge that she had posted. And maybe I'll mention that later or um, or not, who knows? And we are joining, she's joining us by Zoom. So if you hear any weird sounds, it's just Zoom, but we love that we can meet like this. So we do, we do. And yeah, and just with, we just do what we can with the internet as it is. <laughs> so, all right, well, um, so Shari Young grew up in Ephraim, Utah. She now lives in Riverton with her best friend and husband. So sweet. Jason <laughs> of 18 years and two beautiful children, Alex and Lily. She enjoys serving the young women in her ward. In her spare time, she can. Oh, then she likes to go on jeep rides, watch soccer, attend dance competitions, and play the piano, violin, cooking, camping, crafting, and of course, public speaking. She basically has all the hobbies, and I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? In high school, she found that she could take her trials and use them to inspire others through public speaking. So, Jar was born with one hand, also attended Snow College, um, got a speech scholarship. In 2002, was selected as the Paralympic torch runner. What? Yep. For the Salt Lake Games. What stretch did you do? Uh, I was up in the abs. It was so fun. Yeah, that's was- close to the end of it, yeah. Hey, um... She's spoken to women in the state prison, a reason to stand conference. I don't know what that is. Is that? It is a local, it's a local conference. It's put on by a woman who survived a pretty traumatic event in her life. Um, Her husband was having an affair and her, his mistress's husband killed him. Did that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, And so she's really had to find a reason to stand and to move on with her life. And she invites other women to come and share their stories. I guess it hasn't been all women, but she's done a few different ones um, in Utah, Idaho, all the around. Then also for LDS stake auxiliary training, young women's groups, and the girl scout conferences, like the one that I mentioned that kept the leaders sane, um, small company trainings, college, classes and has had the opportunity to speak with elder bednar at her stake conference which mm-hmm. is super cool too who's so. a member um yes uh an ecclesiastical leader in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints yes yes, yes. so like i said wanted to have you on and wanted to basically hear your story for me, I can't say it's always been that way. I mean, to an extent it has. I've always had a drive of proving 
the unproven to make sure that I can do what you tell me I can't do. I always have been that way, but I haven't necessarily always believed in myself. And so it wasn't until a few years ago that I got tired of being my own first enemy and decided that the only person that could change that was me. And so I challenged myself to learn to love the woman looking back in the mirror. And that is very hard to do. If you are your number one worst enemy, it is a major challenge. But taking small steps and day by day, sometimes hour by hour, um, making small changes in my life, I now can look in the mirror and not go, eh. <laughs> you're awful, you're horrible. Like, I can have a bad day, I can have a bad hair day, but it's a bad hair day. It's not a horrible life. And um, so slowly over the years, I've really made a conscious decision to build a relationship with myself and not rely on other people around me to make me happy. What were some of your first steps, like the beginning steps, maybe when you were younger or? Well, I had to build on, you know, now that I've worked on this journey, I've had to look back and build on some of those basics that I learned at a young age. So when I was born, um, like Deborah said, I was born missing my left hand. And in those days, as my daughter would say, in the olden days, we didn't do, we didn't do the um, ultrasounds. And so my mom did not know that I was going to be missing my left hand. And I'm the baby of the family, the youngest of four kids. And there was an age gap of eight years between me and my closest sibling. So they were very excited when I came along. And when I came out missing my left hand, my mom freaked out, to say the least. She was extremely concerned. And she just said, you know, sure, I really wanted you to be able to do anything and everything you wanted. And I just didn't think that was possible with one hand. And so she had some really, really hard times in the beginning. And as I've talked to people throughout the years that have been in similar circumstances, they can completely relate. Like, I completely relate to your mom. It's not that they're um, disappointed or um, unproud of their child. They just worry because you want your child to be able to do what they want to do, right? And so that was kind of my, my mom's approach. But my dad, on the other hand, he had a very different approach. And when he went to his mom's house, um, after I was born, she asked about me and he said, oh, she's beautiful. Like she's got a head full of blonde hair. She's got the biggest blue eyes I've ever seen. Um, but she's got a broken wing, but don't worry. We'll teach her to fly. Because and that's honestly the approach that both my mom and my dad took. My mom quickly came around she realized that having one hand was honestly a blessing in so many aspects of my life. Um, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I've done if it weren't for that obstacle in front of me. I wouldn't have pushed myself. I wouldn't have tried hard. I would have given up so much faster. But I'm the type of person that if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to tell you I can. And as a young girl, I learned to play the piano. Um, Isn't that cool? How? Tell us. That's amazing. With piano, I had some very patient teachers. We did a lot of rewriting of music. So I take a lot of my bass clef and I put it in my treble clef. I cross my hands a lot. I 
simplify music, if I have to simplify it, there's a lot of books out there now that are written for one hand, not for people like me, but in case you break your arm and your mom still wants you to take piano lessons. So there is a lot of music out there. A lot of it's written for the um, beginner type, but I have found if I search Amazon, there is some good stuff out there and I'd be able to find more. Um, I do like when I'm looking at search hymns, I do simplified that I can just sit down and just, you know, play away. So I absolutely, absolutely love the piano. Um, as I moved into, that was the second grade. When I got into fifth, my friends all decided to be in the orchestra. So of course I'm on board, right? I gotta be like them. Um, I went to my mom and super excited to tell her I was gonna play the violin in the orchestra. And she was like, uh, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. Like, all my friends are doing it. I'm going to do it too. And she's like, I'm sorry, babe. She's like, but you've got to have two hands in order to play the violin. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And I like went off skipping away out of the bathroom. My mom's like, uh, and I never did ask her how we got from a no to a yes, but somehow I had this odd looking contraption, I guess you would call a prosthetic made one of a kind so that I could play. I hold my violin in my right hand instead of my left. And then I have this contraption on my arm that holds the bow. And I played from fifth grade through college, which was super cool. Wow. And, then, and you played well. Wow. Debbie says you're fantastic. Yes. Well, that was, that was years ago. She heard me. <laughs> Hopefully it's gotten better. No, I, I actually put it on the back burner for many years. Um, I lost a significant chunk of weight and in doing so realized that I call my little hand color stubby sometimes and I found out stubby was a bit chubby. And so when I lost weight, <laughs> I, my prosthetic didn't fit anymore. And so I couldn't just go buy another one. So I was like, well, that was a great talent and I just put it on the back burner and when my kids would see my violin, they'd be like, what's that? I'm like, oh, mom used to play the violin. I go, why do you play it now? I'm like, sorry, I can't. And um, it wasn't till about, oh my gosh, it's been a while now. How many years has it been? I've been speaking a lot longer than I was thinking I had. It's been a while. I'm going to say five years. It's probably been more than that, but we'll guess five, right? Rough estimate. But about five years ago, I felt really, really strongly that I had a talent that I needed to share with people when I spoke and I wasn't doing that. And so I was like, I, I don't have a way to do so. So I started chatting with people and seeing if there was, I don't know, a way to get a 3D hand or something of that sort and was able to come across a man in my area that was like, I can figure something out for you. And I have a completely different prosthetic than the first one. It's got like pin written on it. It's perfectly imperfect. And he's embarrassed that I use it. And I'm like, I don't want anything different. And I just jumped in and was like, I'm going to play the violin. I'm going to do this again. So now when I do my public speaking, I come and I play my violin. And as I probably said, when Deborah heard me, it's not perfect. It's not the most amazing thing you've ever heard. But it shows that I can do hard things and every one of you can do hard things, whether it's a talent you put back because you became a mom, which I hear all the time, 
or whether it's something you've always wanted to do, but you're too scared to do, or don't think you have the time, like every one of us can do it. And so that's the whole purpose that I, I play now. Amen. Yeah, which is really, really meaningful. And yeah, and I think you play brilliantly. I really do. Um, and also, if you follow on, on Instagram, I don't know that you, I haven't seen them lately, but I know that like in the past you would do, and part of that's because I'm not on Instagram very often myself, but um, really cute braids and things like that for for kids, like gorgeous, like these hair things that like I, like my kids have, I joke because my kids are in dance and I uh -huh. joke that, that I'm like the dance dad because I don't, I'm like, I'm there to pay for dance and I've got two skills when, with hair. I got the ponytail and then like the braid. I'm like, I just barely learned how to curl hair with a, like a curling iron, not even kidding you, this year. Cause, cause my hair is naturally curly. So I've just never used one. So I was like looking on YouTube, watching this guy be showing like how to use a wand. It's kind of, it's kind of embarrassing. While like all the other moms here, they like know all the things about like dance and everything. And I'm just like, I'm like, I am just here cause the kids like it. <laughs> I love it. Dance dad. No, I, um, I actually had a panic attack when I found out I was having a girl. Because I'm like, who's going to do her hair? Like, I have one hand. And I'm having a little meltdown to my neighbor. And she's like, oh, it's fine. She's like, we'll take turns in the neighborhood. You can, you know, move her from house to house every day and we'll do her hair. And I was like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll make do. And I did. And she was fine and beautiful. But then one day, same thing, like everything else. I thought, what am I thinking? Like, who said if you have one hand, you can't do hair. Like, where did that come from? And so in my head, I'm like, hey, I've got this label on me. Did someone tell me this? Is there any, like, proven, like, I don't know, document that says you cannot do hair? I can play the violin and the piano. I can crack eggs. I can paint my nails. I can ride a bike. Like, why couldn't I do hair? And so just like everything else, I'm like, screw that. I'm going to do hair. So that's when I started my Instagram account which is one-handed beauty and I started practicing and I started very simple and then I was like well maybe I'll try a French braid so I've got a, a quick question for you guys how many hands does it take to do a French braid I feel like three way more than I have three it's like 480 yeah. there's like so much so much stuff going on yes Yes, but I was like, okay, I've got to figure this out. And I'm going to be honest, there's probably been more than a few cuss words that I've let out in the middle of doing hair. And my sweet daughter, especially when she was young, she would just like rub my arm and pat me. And she's like, mom, it's just hair. Like, I'm still beautiful. We can do this again tomorrow. And I'm oh. like, okay, I can do it. <laughs> and so I did. Like, if I tried something and I didn't succeed, we do it again. And eventually it got better. And I love to do it. She has chopped her hair since. So her hair is uh, it's a little bit longer than mine right now. She just chopped it off at the end of dance season. So, so it's she close, can, close to know. shoulder length. Yes. So I'll still do stuff, but she's 11. And to be honest, she's super talented at doing her own hair. 
she actually put a little braid with beads in my hair the other day. So she, she doesn't need my help, but I am trying to teach her a few basics like curling. So maybe Deborah, you can come over. <laughs> we, curl, we crimp, we have all kinds of fun, but no, that wasn't out of necessity. Like a lot of my things, learning to paint my nails was because I didn't live at home anymore for my mom to do it. And I didn't want to always go to the nail salon. So I was like, I got to figure out a way to do this myself. And so I did. And that's how it is with everything. Like if there's a will, I find a way every time, every time. Well, and you said something that I think is so poignant for everyone, which is when you were like, well, who says, because we all have so many, so many rules that we don't even look at, you know, so many rules in our lives of what it means to be happy or at this age, I should be this way or this you know, whatever it may be, like we have all these rules and until we start going like, wait a minute, who said, and then we start to kind of look through it. Then we get to have that creativity. Then we get to be open to be like, oh, wait, like this isn't actually a mathematical equation. This no, is just, this is just some people decided that it wasn't okay to do X, Y, Z, or some people thought that it was more efficient to do something, you know, whatever it may be. And that you can be then more open and creative like you were um, and have been, and I think that's really cool. I I also know that you mentioned that you talk about your brother and your dad more often. So I don't know if you wanted to delve into that at all, or if you wanted it to be more um, like a take home message for our women. Message yeah. Where what what you feel like you'd want to do? Because I don't want to I don't want to be glib about deep topics and so I was gonna say my brother's story is long but I guess the main point that I would share is that um in the middle of speaking I was able to meet someone who in her term said my brother saved her life as she was planning her own suicide when my brother committed suicide and in seeing the aftermath of someone who was so loved and she respected and admired and knew so many people loved would choose to end his whole life she realized that she couldn't do that to hers and she is now a grandmother and a mom and a wife and even though she still has her hard days she's here and she's she's living life and that would be one of the main messages i would share is life sometimes sucks like it just <laughs> it flat out does it sucks for all of us and if it hasn't sucked for you yet hold on because it will <laughs> yeah it will <laughs> It will, but um, for me personally, I I know that not everything in my life has to be perfect for me to be happy, and that if you just can hold on for another day, another hour, you're so needed in this world. Every one of us is needed. Every mom, every woman, every person is needed, and just to hold on and push through those hard times when you think you've gotten to the end keep going, keep going. So that would be my main, my main thought behind uh, sharing my brother's story. Oh, for sure. And I actually, um, I did want to add something that I thought about earlier. Um, when you spoke at the Girl Scout conference, I, I don't know how many years ago, but I remember you issued this challenge of like taking a picture of yourself, like a selfie, and then saying something nice about yourself and just putting it out there and how like usually you would say that um and like either like and like no one would do it or one or two and because of like 
me with my ego. I was like, oh, well, I'm obviously going to do that. And it's obviously going to be just fine. And, and as soon, you know, and it's, um, and it's not because I don't know, like, it was just kind of funny. So as soon as I took that first picture before posting, it was immediately like that. I did like, oh, but I, I don't know if I can put this up here and what are people going to think? Like, why am I talking about like my hair or whatever? Like it was, so it was really interesting how hard that initially was. And then of course you were so sweet because whenever I post the pictures, you would always leave some nice little comment and that helped kind of like do all those um, little Instagram posts. But it was interesting, like how much it really like helped me appreciate myself, think of my, my body more as the tool that it is rather than an object, but also like, I just, I feel like we can always, we're always like relearning things. And so even though I felt like I'm like, oh, I think I can, you know, I think I can do this. This will be fine. Then I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't got this. <laughs> like, you just started second guessing yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it was totally, yeah. It was so funny how scary it was every single time. Um, yeah. Because and like you said, yeah, you just, I don't know. So it really, really was very inspiring to me and was like, I don't know. It was just one of the many, many things that I really appreciated and Good. Me, me to get like more in touch. And I thought that was great. Well, and what you've probably found and anytime that I put something out there is you're with yourself all the time and you're your own worst critic, but other people look at you and they're like, man, she's beautiful. Whether it's, I mean, not, I'm not saying that just in a physical sense, but all around beauty. And they, they remind you of that. And as they remind you of that, then hopefully you'll hold on to those words. Um, we're also quick to hold on to negative in our life and we can let one negative thought or person impact everything, which I currently am fighting against. Um, but we really need to listen to those positive influences in our life, those other empowering women to pick us up and to say, Deborah, you're beautiful. Like, why would you not post that picture? And then you go, oh, maybe I'm not that bad after all. Like, maybe I can post another selfie. And as you do that, it gets easier, Right. Yeah. And it's that way with many of the things I do. There's sometimes where I'm like, I don't know about that, but I just, I put it out there and I do it because as I do, I start to gain that, that confidence and realize, you know, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. And every one of us are struggling. The people that I think have it all together and, and have the greatest self-esteem are just in the same boat I am. They're just, you know, putting one step in front of the other. So we all need to just pick each other up and appreciate each other for what we have. Well said. Yeah. Cause yeah, I remember even thinking that too. when I was posting, I'm like, well, it's easy for sure. Cause she has that cute blonde hair and she does her makeup so cute. <laughs> and so it's just like, like you said, like we all, it's interesting how we see each other. It's cute to me. Um, you know, and everything. And the reality is that we're all like, we can all just be like great advocates for each other, you know? Right. Right. Like it's lovely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then do you have any last yeah, any last thoughts as we wrap up and tell the ladies? I just want to say if you are like I was and avoided anything that reflected and looked in the mirror and were your own worst enemy, I would highly, highly, highly suggest that you put a challenge out there to yourself and one step at a time really try to focus on the things you do love about yourself Focus on the inner beauty, focus on the things that make you feel good, 
And slowly but surely, that opinion of yourself will change. And as you do so, life is so, so, so much easier when you've got that cheerleader in your court. So that would be my advice to you. Don't sit on the sidelines and wait for life to get better, but get out there and make it better for yourself. Amen. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. See you right, my lover. She's so amazing. <laughs> you have empowered so many people and are will continue to empower so many. Well, it's just chilling. Uh, the amazing power that you have and have used and yeah. And I know you mentioned during the episode, but would you be able to say again the Instagram handle so people can find you? Sure. You can find me on Instagram under one handed beauty. Or I'm also found on Facebook under True Beauty Within, Shari Oyoung, and come follow me. Um, I do public speaking all over. I'll spell your name for the ladies. Just oh, it'll be on the podcast. Okay. It'll be on the podcast, but it's Shari S H A R I E Oyoung O W Young, <laughs> and I would love you come follow along in my craziness and um, come hear me speak. Or even better, invite me to come speak. I would love to come and share my message and my crazy violin playing skills for you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And women, always remember... A woman's place is in the mountains.